Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another episode of the Green Series Podcast. A podcast about woodworking. And today... Is it? It is. It is. Today we're going to be Wood. talking about projects that we think every woodworker should build at some point, especially in the beginning, I feel like. That's the angle that I'm going for. You should make these in the beginning. But before we get into it, Jason, I would like you to tell our dear listeners about the last giveaway of March of 2022. Uh, yeah, so Bessie, this is your last chance to enter for the Bessie giveaway. This month we're doing uh, a set of Revo Junior clamps. Mm-hmm. So, now those enter- are like the mini K body, right? They're like little baby K bodies. Yes. What, what is like what it, if I get a Junior clamp Revo? What am I really getting? Like what? you're getting parallel clamps, but the everything is on a smaller scale. Okay. You still Does got massive sense? clamping pressure with them, though. That's what she said. Ooh, you behave. Sorry, that didn't make so any sense at all. Why would she say anything about clamping pressure? Do you know what the what what's like the maximum size is that it goes out to? <laughs> well, Ben. <laughs> well, now, Ben. This is a family channel. I'm so Actually, glad it's, you it's asked. Not. It's, this is an explicit podcast. Not, ben, it's not, not the size of the clamp. It's how you use it. <gasps> so hence clamping well, pressure. I, but what I want to know is, is is this going to clamp a cutting board? Yes. Is this, is this going to clamp, clamp uh, a cabinet? Yes. yes. Is this going to clamp? Your nipples? Uh, yes. <gasps> Are these Ooh. nipple clamps? Can, Are you sure I, I can't win this? Yeah, That's what I'm really getting down to. Anyways, everybody, since I was so rudely interrupted by these ridiculous questions from Ben. Actually, um, I think I'm a really polite person, Jason. Yeah. Okay. So U.S., Canada, minus Hawaii and Alaska, as always. And to enter, all you have to do is go to greensuiterspodcast.com and fill out the giveaway form. Again, this is your last chance for the month of March to enter. So if you want a chance to win a set of Revo Juniors, you better go to greensuiterspodcast.com. <laughs> you like looking at me like, is that, did I say that right? Did I, yeah, did I do that? <laughs> That's Green right. Greensuiters forward slash podcast backslash yeah. Ben's Woodworking. Go to greensuiterspodcast.com. Go to the giveaway tab and you can fill it out for your chance to win. I'm sorry. Is there an, is there an echo in this podcast? Because I'm pretty sure I just said that. I'm pretty sure I just said that. Yeah, I hate you. Mm. I hate you. Well, we're not just jumping into the topic, are we? We're going to talk about what we've been doing. Yes, yes, we can briefly discuss what we've been up to. In oh, our, I'm so sorry. Briefly, got a hot in date. our wood shops. Would you like to go first, Jason? I, I do not want to go first. Oh, I, I have to go to the bathroom. That's why. Oh, <laughs> oh, I can go. But excuse me, one of you guys go, and I'll pretend like I care. So I. I'm starting to pre-cut all the stools that I sell on Etsy. And oh. I, I for the last couple months, it's been like a real rush to make these things when, when I get an order in. Uh-huh. And so I wanted to have a, a good bit of a stock built up so that way when an order comes in, I'm not rushed to finish it. Because I feel like I feel like when I made these stools that I that I went too quick through making them, Mm-hmm. And I feel like the quality isn't what it should have been. And so oh. 
I, um, I took my time yesterday with uh, a stool that I'm shipping out tomorrow. And um, 100 times better than anything that I've shipped in the last couple of months. And so it, huh. it just kind of reaffirmed to me or, or made me remember that, you know, you, you got to put the craft back in being a craftsman. You know, you got to. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. You know, I, I think that I was just so focused on like, all right, I got to hurry up and get this thing made and shipped out, you know, making and shipping out, making and shipping out that I didn't just kind of slow down and like actually be a craftsman about it. And so, um, you, I you think what I'll, you didn't actually care is what you're saying. No, I, I cared. It's just, I, I felt so rushed because of, of everything that I've, that I'm trying to do it all at once that, um, yeah, that, that I just, I wasn't like really focusing on making it the best that, that I knew that I could have. So right. last week I just kind of took my time with processing all the materials and making sure that my cuts were really good. And I have a, a jig that I use to, that helps me make the stools because it's cut in it in an odd angle. And yeah, really but I'm going to com- I'm going to comment on that, Ben. What's that? You, what you're saying, it's not as good as you. You weren't doing anything half-assed on those other stools. It's just no. that you bettered, you bettered what you were doing. Correct. He has higher yeah. expectations no, yeah. of himself. Yeah, this. Yeah. Like, like, because I, I would see, just, just like the smallest detail, and, and I know that the customers don't even see that stuff. But to no. me, when I look at it, I'm like, crap, man. Like, like Ken, Ken said something when we, when we recorded last week. Where he was like, um, you know, in, in their cabinet shop, he said, if if someone came in right now and took a picture of this and put it on Instagram, how would you feel about it? Mm-hmm. And so that that made me think about craftsmanship. I was like, well, crap, man! If somebody did come in and took a picture, even though again, nobody would even notice it, but I would. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I need to I need to refine my processes and and put out and and um, give people that are paying for this the product that i want them to have as opposed to just not doing it as well as i probably could have um so i made a stool last night it came out absolutely perfect i'm, I'm happy with the quality that it is now and mm. i'm ready to ship out more stools so you had a good coming. you had a good stool last night it was a really good stool it was really hard to get it out yep I had to shove yep. a stick up in there and kind of wiggle it around. Oh, yeah. Now you're talking. What? Jason, Jason's like, this is really ironic. Why am I on this podcast? <laughs> he said stool. But um, so I did that as far as woodworking goes and then just getting slain with schoolwork. So for those of you that are listening, by the time you're listening to this, I'm not dead. I just I I'm stopping social media until I'm finished with school. My grades started to slip a little bit. I was like, okay, I gotta stop. I gotta focus 100 percent on school. So that's what I'm doing. Sedg, what have you been doing since the last time <coughs> we spoke? Oh my goodness, I've been so damn busy at work. It's ridiculous. But when we talk about shop. I'm looking around and I go, okay, I haven't been out here in two weeks and I'm going to be out here all weekend and I'm really looking forward to it. But in the midst of all that, a good friend of mine bought a CNC and he's learning how to do everything with that CNC and 
you know, I often contemplated maybe I should get one, get up to speed on it. And I always contemplate, oh, I got to get used to, you know, getting back into drawing and stuff like that. And so I asked him, and Jason, you know who it is? It's uh, Justin. Um, and I said, uh, hey, uh, so with that new CNC, you can cut templates? And he goes, yeah. So he brought me over to his desk at work. Uh, and uh, he was on break, and he said, check this out. And I went, oh, snap. So what if I have, like, a custom piece I want you to make a template for? He goes, oh, no, no problem. We can handle that. I go, okay. And he goes, Sedge, am I, am I cutting your templates now? I go, you will be. <laughs> and I go, how are you at drawing? And he goes, excellent on SketchUp. I went, ah, so you'll be able to do plans? He goes, oh, I'll do all kinds of plans if you need me to. Who is this? So I get somebody to do plans and templates. You already said his name is Justin. Jason, obviously you weren't listening. You met him. Justin. It was at my Christmas Christmas party. He was supposed to come over this weekend. Oh. Yeah. The bare knuckle builds. Yeah. Jason, are you high right now? No, I'm like just... Am I remembering his name? His name's Justin, right? Yeah. No. No, Jordan. Jordan, yeah. That's why I was like, Justin, oh. who are you talking oh, about? Oh, no, no, no. It's Jordan. Oh, man, he's going to kill me if he listens to this. No. Yeah, Jordan. I don't make too many people with J's. There's Jason, only one that matters. Jordan, Jordan, Jason, Justin. No. Uh, Jordan, yeah, he said, uh, hey, Sedge, we'll work it out. We'll figure it out this summer. So he's getting up to speed pretty quick on the CNC. Wait, so he can do plans? Oh yeah, he's got. I just got. I've been looking yeah. for somebody. So I'm telling you, man, I'm gonna utilize this kid because he's a rock star. Man. Yeah. Hey, hey, Jordan, if you listen to this, I'm so sorry. I was calling you Justin, brother. You're the man. So that's what I've been up to. You know, right when you're like scratching your head, how am I gonna accomplish this? And somebody opens the door for you. So. Well, it's funny when you when you had originally when you had said Justin, I'm like, Justin from Russet Grains, like, yeah, he's the guy you're gonna have do your templates. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I'm saying, as I'm saying Justin, I'm going, and Jason's looking at me kind of weird. And yeah, I'm I was going, like, Jason, am I I'll... saying, am I saying his name? And I was like, oh, I hope you, oh God. Thought, yeah, no. As soon as you said Jason he was coming was over about, this weekend, yeah. I thought Jason was about to fall asleep. I was like, what? Is he doing? Yeah, he's yeah. trying to figure out because Sedge is like not remembering people's names right well, now. That's, yeah, everybody, this is a this is a, what happens when you get old. Hey, now I was waiting for you to drop that already. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Oh, how far are we into this podcast, Ben? And we're Ten already minutes. dropping the yeah, we're already eleven dropping minutes. The I'm thing. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's a, it's a record. Well, Man. eleven minutes for him is like an eternity. <laughs> oh, <God>. Sorry. <laughs> What have you been up to, Jason? <laughs> oh, man. Where do I begin? Snapping on Sedge is what he's been doing. Yeah. Um, oh, cold snap. Um, it was. I, uh, I'm i pretty much done with the desk. All I have left to do is put the Rubio on the white oak tops and the X's. Um, I actually ended up finding out I have a little bit more time to work with than I originally thought. Um, and we've been trying to redo or finish up Leo's bathroom, uh, just so the house is ready for the showings. That's kind of like the last piece of the puzzle, you know, for the house, um, installed the toilet today actually. So that's good to go trim all that stuff. We'll finish that up this weekend. 
Um, I'll finish up the desk this weekend and then that will not, I'm not going to be taking that over to uh, my Sergeant Major's place until after I get back from JLC. And here's the cool thing is that, so he has like a big, um, like 2,500, um, what is the, it's like one of the work vans that you see like contractors and stuff use like uh, Ronnie Fulton has, oh, uh, but it's, it's not a Mercedes, oh, yeah. Crestliner, Crestliner. Is that no, what it is? freight. It's a freight liner. Yeah, it's like a big. Man. I can stand up. In it's it. a sprint. It's a sprinter. Yeah. yeah. So, he's gonna let me use it to do some of the moving stuff. So I thought that oh, was really cool. really cool. That's good. Um. So he's gonna he's gonna come basically pick up all the parts. I'm gonna ride back to his place with him. We're gonna install everything, and then uh, I'll just drive it back and I'll get to use. I, I close on the 28th tentatively that's that's the scheduled closing date i haven't had that confirmed yet but um that week i'm actually going to move we're going to move all of our extra junk right just to minimize the house for the showing and all that so um i'll be doing that that week so all i've really been up to honestly is just getting stuff ready for this move i've got the i've got the contractor um which is an interesting story which i won't necessarily talk about on here but local guy uh, local business contractor for the flooring and the drywall. They're going to do both uh, the epoxy floors and the drywall and paintwork in the garage. Wow. wow. Um, I will be doing another Mr. Cool mini split unit, 24,000 BTU this time. I'm going to go with a slightly larger unit, but I've, I've talked with them. They're going to send another one out. I'm going to do another video on that, um, which I'm excited about because I feel like there was a lot of things that I could have filmed better in the first video, even though that video did very well and people found it very helpful. Um, getting the lights situated. We'll see how that works out. Um, but yeah, I did a poll in my Patreon. I've started to get a little bit more active on Patreon. Um, and I was asking people over on Patreon, what are some of the things that they would like to see? in the moving of a shop and setting up of a new shop. And I got some really, really, really good feedback there. Um, a lot of the stuff that I already did last time. However, there's a few things that I didn't even think about doing last time that I will absolutely do this time. So that's cool. We're, we're kind of just, just getting ready to move. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's really it. I'm terrified of, of moving the shop again, but I think in the yeah. end it's, it's going to be fine. It'll be easy. You got me this time. Well, I was telling Nicole tonight, the weather was like super nice here today. Obviously, said you know. Yeah. Yeah. So we like grilled up some brats and some hot dogs and sat out back and just kind of BSed for a while. And I told her, I was like, hey, when we move the shop, the shop's the last thing, all the big tools at least, last thing to go. I was like, when that happens, I want to have plenty of beers at the new house. And we'll just order pizzas and something and we'll get everything moved. And then I want everybody that helped out because realistically, it's going to be a lot of local woodworkers mm -hmm. that are coming to, you know, help, yeah. um, which I've already had quite a few people say that they would be down to do that. And I just, you know, want to say thanks, like beer and pizza and just hang out after moving all that heavy crap, sit out back and I it's it'll be at the end of April or mid April. Uh, end of April. Oh boy! Why? I'm down in Texas at the Rubio event. Yeah, but when? I think uh, twenty. I'll be down there twenty sixth in Austin through the twenty ninth. 
Um, man, I got good timing, don't I? It it may not be that weekend. It may be the weekend before. Oh, awesome, so, man! I just want to make and, sure I can. Help. And if it wasn't going to be, it now will be. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll help you, man. As soon as said, yeah. just was like, oh wait, I'm not going to be there. Darn. Okay, we'll just no. do a week earlier. <laughs> no way, man! I want to help out. Yeah, because I want free beer. Yeah, free beer and pizza. Maybe you can get Sedgy some wingies. <laughs> Sedgy like wingies. Sedgy like wingies. That's why I'm I could stopping do that. in Buffalo on the way to Providence for wingies. Do you call them buffalo wings in Buffalo? No, I don't know, man. But wings. there's a really cool. There's this really cool place called Duff's. I went there one time. Oh, phenomenal wings. So I I found a place and I uh, booked a hotel near there. From my pit stop. Nice. <laughs> if you're in France, do you call them French fries? Freedom you just, fries. You call them frites. Frites. Pom you, frites. I, when I went to France, I was like, I want French fries. And they're like, we do not call them French fries. And I'm like, no, I want fries that are just weak. <laughs> that just lay down. <laughs> yeah, that just lay down weak and flavorless. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry if anybody here, in but France you do not is have these uh, French fries that you are asking about. <laughs> oh, Pierre. So we have Pierre. Hans, we have Pierre. <laughs> I thought this was a festival podcast, no? Here we are here talking about French fries and potato chips. <laughs> let's uh, let's move on, shall we? <coughs> it's all you, buddy. Oh, it's it. time to start the topic. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking well, good about luck tonight? With the, good luck with the move, Jason. You're more than that's welcome act- to come out. That's actually happening now. Oh, it's gonna be well. Awesome. It's not. We're not. We're not there yet. I'm still waiting Let's on the bank. Let's not count this chicken before it hatches. Okay? Yeah, I'm. I'm still very nervous. Like I don't know why, but I'm just waiting on the bank to call me basically at this point and be like. All right, we're good to close. We'll see. I'm, we're sorry, sir. There's a problem with your paperwork. Yeah, it lo- it appears like you went out and purchased a Ferrari or something <laughs> after you. That's stupid. you're a little bit. You're a little bit of what we call a high risk. Yeah. <laughs> then I'll just tell them it's fine. The patrons paid for it. <laughs> Have you ever been in a helicopter? You want to go take a ride in one? Yeah. <laughs> I'm flying my private jet down there right now. <laughs> All right. Today's topic <laughs> is projects that we think every woodworker should do at least once, I, th- I feel like. But I think if you're like in the very beginning of your woodworking journey, that these are the kinds of projects that you would need, a, to again, to build once, not because of like, it's a testament of craftsmanship, but because you can actually, you, you'll learn some fundamentals that you, that will mm. help you out later down the road in your woodworking journey. Now we don't, I don't know what Jason and Sedge are going to talk about. They don't know what I'm going to talk about, so it'll be interesting to see what we all kind of come up with. So let me let me just ask. So you're looking for uh, beginning projects for woodworkers that teach fundamentals? That that's that's my angle. Okay. That, that's the angle that I'm going to go from. But if you guys okay. wanted to come at it from a different place, like maybe the, something that would challenge 
an intermediate woodworker or a more advanced like it's whatever whatever you interpreted that that as whenever I pitched the topic the other day. Hmm. So I can I can kick us off. Okay. Unless one of you So I, I think one of the very first things that you should make and it's a very simple project and that's a picture frame. You're gonna learn um how to cut miters. You're gonna learn how to cut rabbits or rebates or grooves, depending on how you put the, the picture frame together. You're gonna have to learn how to make um, square stock because if your stock isn't parallel, when you go to cut your miters, your miters are not gonna equal 90 degrees. It's gonna be like 87, 88, 89 degrees. And it, it's gonna be very frustrating. And so, you know, I, I recommend that, especially if you're just now getting tools, especially like a miter saw, a table saw you're making sleds um that a simple picture frame a miter picture frame that's going to test the accuracy of the of the machines that you're using if you're not doing it by hand um and again it's a very simple project to build it's it's it doesn't require a lot of materials to do it but again you're, you're learning three very valuable skills i guess being <coughs> miter cuts 90 degree angled cuts or angles that make 90 degrees rabbits and rebates so that's the first thing that i think someone should learn how to how to make what do you got what is a rebate a rabbit i said a rabbit or a rebate depending on where you're at depends on what side of the pond you're on yeah really yeah we call it we call them rabbits everybody else calls them rebates interesting i did not know that Mm mm-hmm a lot of I was like, you're know. trying to get money back on your woodworking? It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, Sedge? What's what's a project you think every woodworker okay. should make? All right. Um, the way I interpreted the question or the proposal on this was, okay, so what is what can somebody make with minimal tools that they'll learn a lot of fundamentals, and then from there, when they scale it, they can use other tools to make it better over time yeah does that make sense oh 100 because there's certain ways to do joinery in the beginning like screws and plugs or screws countersunk with fill you know wood fill mm-hmm. yeah okay it, it, it's just and I, i'll never how do you say st- um belittle somebody because i want Dis- people discourage. to discourage Discourage because I want people to enjoy the journey of going through it and then looking mm-hmm. back at that project and going, oh, wow, I, that's how I began. And I do have yeah. pieces like that around my house. Okay, so It, it gives one a greater of this, appreciation for, for other techniques. Oh, and, and also design because you look at some stuff yeah. that you made years ago. Holy crap. You go, who the hell was I, Fred Flintstone or Bernie Rubble when I built that, you know? Mm-hmm. It's all blocky, okay? Yeah. It's not refined. So I always will tell people, uh, are we just going to name one? Because I got two or three that I could go through, but we'll start with just one. Because I'll tell you what, a five-board bench is really easy to do. You could do it with all hand tools. You can do it with power tools. But you guys know what a five-board bench is? No. It's um, a bench with five boards. Well, it's a top, two stretches up top to link it in to two um, legs coming down, but the legs are almost like out of a full piece of, with a, uh, piece of wood. But you cut, um, to make it look like legs, you cut a V in there. 
Oh, you can do it with yeah, yeah. Uh, hand saws, um, hand planes. You can you can pocket screw it together. You could screw and plug. You could screw and fill. Um, but the end result is you have something that the kids can sit on, you can sit on. It'll hang around the house, maybe even a small one. It's a step stool. Um, it's built kind of like a, a, a shaker tradition. And then over the years, you can refine it. You can add so many cool joinery techniques to it and stuff like that. So a five-board bench is a great beginning project because you can build one in an afternoon. Yeah, with minimal tools. And you can, and you, and you can go to a local lumber yard and build it. And, I mean, just buy, you know, um, uh, one-by-fours. Uh, some one by twelves, and you're done. It's a really, really simple project, but you have a a piece of, of a bench, a piece of furniture at the end. And it evolves. I love building benches, and it evolves over years. So, but there's but there's certain things a woodworker needs to build. I call them rites of passage. Because every woodworker needs to build one over the years, and I get plenty of projects like that. But uh, in the beginning, I'm not gonna. I'll, I'll have Jason go because I got another one that I, I have a video on on Sedge Tool that I am. I taught Big D because it used a lot of tools, and I taught him a lot of techniques on it. So I'll just kind of feed that and let Jason go on one. Okay, um, mine is. Very simple. I, a Sam Maloof rocker. I mean, <laughs> that's oh my god. That's a rite of passage. I mean, I it only took him. It only took him forty years to make that design. So I, I like. can't think of an easier project to start with. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, uh, in all seriousness, I would say. Um, I think a very good project to start with is building a base cabinet that has a drawer and a door. Yep. And I have reason, that on my list. The reason for that is because for some reason, everybody's so intimidated with cabinetry. It's like they do everything else first. They build a table, they build a nightstand, they build a coffee table, they build all of these things. And it's like, all right, build a cabinet. And they're like, wait, what? Um, there's so many fundamentals and basics involved with building a cabinet that I just think it's very beneficial because you get to do so many things, right? You get to, you can experiment with different types of joinery. You're building a box, you're ensuring something is square, you're installing drawer slides, you are uh, building a door where sure you might build a door with miters, you might build a shaker style door, you might, you're going to be doing gro uh, grooves, dados, you're going to be in setting panels, you're going to be um, building a drawer box. So there's a lot of things that you do in a simple project that a lot of people, for some reason, are very intimidated by. Yeah. So I think that's a really good start. And that could just be something for your shop. I mean, you can build a base cabinet for your shop, a storage was, cabinet. That's what I was going to say. A lot of people do start with shop cabinets. Yeah, I think a lot furniture. of... Oh, yeah. I think that's a great way to start because it's your shop furniture. And not to mention, it doesn't matter how nice you make it. You're always going to change it later on. So why not practice and learn different techniques? Same thing with finishing. I think the best 
the best possible way for you to test your theories on finishing is shop furniture. Because it's never going to leave your shop, and it doesn't matter if it looks perfect in the end. It's shop yeah. furniture. Um, so, you know, that things for your shop, but specifically building a cabinet that has a drawer and a door. Mm-hmm. That's really good. That's it. Because there's so many different practical things that are going to be very yep. beneficial to you for everything woodworking uh-huh. related in that one cabinet. Yeah, yeah. I get that was one of the things I was going to put a basic uh, frameless Sam cabinet chair. with no with uh, shaker flat panel doors because yeah. there's so much woodworking involved in there. Mm-hmm. But I I even have here people get intimidated by it, and I think I know what it is. I think it's measuring it and getting their dimensions right. And it's I don't think it's that easy. It's the hardware. Ah, uh, that could be. Yep. I, yeah, I see that too. Hardware, you know, people get all discombobulated with it, and that's like because there's so many, there's easy. so many hinges, there's so many different types mm-hmm. of drawer slides. But here's here's the reality: people don't realize these things, right? If you're using side mount drawer slides, they're a half inch, right? So mm-hmm. people get they're like, oh my gosh, I'm using side mount drawer slides. How big do I make my box? Well, if your opening is 14 inches, you're going to make your box 13 inches. Period. On 99.9 percent of side mount drawer slides, that is the measurement. Undermount drawer slides. That's a whole nother conversation. People are like, wait, what? Now it's my opening minus 42 millimeters. And wait, I have to have a half inch, uh, you know, for the, for the bottom of the cabinet or the bottom of the drawer box to make sure it sits on it. And then I have to drill a hole in the back and wait, hinges. Am I doing inset? Am I doing overlay? I don't know what hinge does which and do you, what's the tab and what's the. How do, you, how do you drill that little hole in the back? <laughs> you know, you Uh-oh. just beat it. You just beat an indent into oh, it. Oh, my God. Uh-oh. <gasps> Uh-oh. Superstar. He's becoming quite the quite the regular on the old podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, our special guest, Leo. Hi, Leo. Can you, can you say hi to everybody? Hi. <laughs> say, Has hi. anybody seen Leo? Hi, Briar. Hi, Briar. Hi, Ben. Hi, hi Ben. Hey, buddy. Hello, <laughs> What's that, buddy? I'm not, I'm not Honey! <laughs> it's good. It's great podcast uh, yeah. material. Sorry. <laughs> you know, I was going to say instead of a cabinet, I mean, like I was going to say a cabinet, but I think um, also a keepsake box. Like you guys are saying yes. now, like said, you were saying that it's, um, that it, uh, what was it, the measuring? That's what. I, I agree with you. Yes, it's the measuring. Um, because there, there's, there's, you know, um, interior measurements, there's exterior measurements. And I think that it's a, getting square cuts is another thing. Because when people go to assemble these carcasses together, mm-hmm. they struggle putting it together because their panels aren't square. Whether that's because they didn't use the right yep. reference surfaces or faces or um, they didn't have an actual... Uh, precise square they just use like a carpenter square mm-hmm. um, or, or just all different yeah. kinds of reasons but when I look at the Facebook groups especially the beginner groups when people are talking about cabinet builds it's always things are out of square or they're building drawer boxes and they're out of square and they're like well, how do I <coughs> fix this you know and, and the other thing too Ben is I think that people don't understand a keepsake box if you turn it upright it's a cabinet 
but yeah. it's scaling, it's getting bigger. Yeah, and yeah. the thing that people get intimidated is, is they build a, sh they build a shop cabinet, two or three of them. Right. And then you say, Hey, yeah. that's awesome. It looks great. Let's try a cabinet. Uh, let's try a kitchen. Yeah. And they go, oh, oh yeah. I can't do that. I go, yeah, you just did. It's a box is a box is a box. Yeah, you already did. And, 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 oh, uh, same oh a, a wall unit, a built-in. No, it's all boxes. So I actually uh, was thinking of that earlier. I was thinking, yeah, a keepsake box. That's a great start. Yeah. But then you scale then, it up. Then you start making drawers. And then you start making cabinets. And then you start yep. making just all kinds. Like, it just, and that, that was that was my intention behind the picking this topic was is we you know you're, you're picking the projects that that as you said earlier can scale into other other things other projects yes. because i i 100 agree with you that people do get um intimidated when they see these big builds but it's like it's literally the same thing you just you start at a smaller scale and then you work your way up from there like that's why i said a picture frame because you're learning mm -hmm. how to do angled cuts and make it equal 90 degrees. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when it comes, if you wanted to do <coughs> um, a um, a bigger build that incorporates mitered corners, well, now you know how to do that because you've already practiced on this little thing that doesn't require a lot of tools and doesn't <coughs> require a lot of materials. Mm -hmm. But uh, people, people freak out. Yeah. They build the boxes, and then they freak out about building doors. And a door is a shallow box. Yeah. And I, I try, um, I mean, it's amazing. When I taught doors and drawers class at Festool, people, and I go, guys, you're just going to learn how to measure for full overlay, inset, and uh, partial overlay. It's, it's easy once you understand the process. And yeah. you just gotta you gotta go through it. And I always encourage people: make plenty of mistakes. You're going to you're going to mismeasure. You're gonna mismeasure your rails, and then you put it together. And you get these massive gaps. Guess what? You just start over. It's just wood. That's all. Yeah. It's just you know you can repurpose the wood for something else, like a fire pit, whatever. You know. <laughs> have you have you seen the price of wood these days? Oh my God. So, you know what? You remember I told you about that birch plywood my buddy bought? Yeah. <laughs> so I verified it again just to make sure. He bought it for 66 bucks a sheet. Three-quarter birch. But he also bought 18 sheets, though. Birch or no, Baltic 30, birch? Th Baltic birch. 36 sheets of it. He oh bought it all. God. Yeah, he bought it all. 36 sheets. Holy He's building God, his kitchen man. out of it. Yeah. Jeez. You know that? that many, do you need that many sheets for a kitchen? Well, he's going to be selling some to good buddy Sedge soon. <laughs> Jeez, man. Yeah, he's he's almost finished with it. I mean, hey, I'm in hey. the market for some uh, <coughs> three-quarter inch Baltic birch. Just saying. I'll pay yeah, seventy dollars so, uh, a sheet. Oh no, no, I'll sell it to you for one hundred twenty-five. <laughs> I'd still pay that. I know you would. <laughs> and those no. those were four by eight or five by five. Four by eight. I would oh, definitely gosh, pay one hundred twenty-five dollars. Mm -hmm. Jeez, he couldn't right, believe so, it. He couldn't believe it. I, I can't believe it. I can't believe he got it for sixty-six bucks. Although I'm mm -hmm. sure he got that price because of the quantity he purchased. That's insane, man. All right, the next project that I think that every woodworker should take a stab at is um, a either a coffee table or a nightstand. One of the two. A very simple one. 
not like a a box um, nightstand, but like um, a standing nightstand, I guess if you want to call it that. Because you're going to learn how to laminate boards together. You're going to learn depending on the joinery techniques, and then, you know there's there's so many different butt joints that you can use or or um, apply to that. Bicep <laughs> butt joint. Mortise butt and tenons. Joint. You could do. Um, pocket holes you could do bridle joints you could do castle joints like there's all different kinds of joints that and you really just got to kind of pick your poison um but that that is such a simple build it's a useful build um and that again as we were talking earlier sedge you know you build that small coffee table or nightstand standing nightstand and then you scale that up into a dining room table or a kitchen table you know, or a conference table. The, yeah. the skills, they don't change or the fundamentals don't change. Maybe a little bit with the dimensions based upon the mm-hmm. the thickness of the top that you're doing. But other than that, yeah. it's you're like, going to have stretchers. Like, yeah. It's like an occasional table, right? You, yeah. you get the, you get all of that apron skirt and then you learn how to tape a legs. Yep. There's a hundred ways to tape a legs. And then, like you said, you scale it up to a dining room table. Yeah. But people get intimidated yeah. when they go big, and they shouldn't because start small. Start with, like, what you just said, a nightstand. Throw yeah. a tapered leg or a little flared leg at the end. My God. you look, And you're also learning design. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yep. Learning how to – yeah. If, if you're using look, your – or designing on your own or you're you know, looking at proportions, you're looking at how do the legs look. To the thickness yeah. of the apron, how does the apron look at the thickness of the table? Are you going to do thirds from that? Are you going to do a reveal with the apron? You're going to put an act you know? in the apron. You know, you're going to put detail in the apron. Are you going to put a bead, or are you going to do a slight? Well, we know act? Jason. We know Jason won't do an arc. We know that. Mm. He doesn't only like because those. Patrick wants me to. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's funny. I actually, uh, I, lately, I've been starting to sketch out ideas c- because of the new house we're moving into has a like a really big dining room and we want to build a bigger dining room table for like big get togethers. And I've been sketching up a, a design for a table and it's actually, it's going to have some curves in it. Cause you're going to a only... river table. That's why. Right. hundred percent. Yep. River yep. table. I love epoxy. Um, I oh, think they're, God. I think they're beautiful. Um, no, I'm going to do it, it and explode just it. so I can rub it in Patrick's face. You're like, see that well, Patrick, it's curves. What you got to do is you ought to, Cut some curved aprons and then like show Patrick and then light it on fire. Yep. And then I can be like, "See, I'm I'm as good of a woodworker as a marine." <laughs> oh my god, he burns everything. Yeah. Scorched earth. And he makes everything That's out right. of mahogany, which is not a bad thing. Mahogany is beautiful. Anyway, who's up next, Sedge? Yeah, Sedge. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, there's another fun. Okay, so. A woodworker's rite of passage is building a chair, whether it's a Welsh stick chair, a Windsor chair, but sometimes that's intimidating, right? So a great beginner project, <clears throat> and I'm, I'm saying this not to call out a video on Sedge Tool, but Big D said, hey, I want to build something. So we did this. You know the chairs I have kind of leaning up against what we call them, mm-hmm. the Indian chairs yeah. guys? You know the two-piece chairs? Mm-hmm. Um, I built them. Um, during the train the trainer over in Germany and 
it was really cool because at the end of the day, we had these chairs. We all sat out, uh, had a picnic, drank a couple of beers, nice dinner. But we all made our own chair, and it's out of two-by-twelves. Mm-hmm. You get it at the home center. And uh, that's what I'm going to design templates with Jordan <clears throat> because I'll offer those eventually. But it's really cool because I thought about it as I was doing it with Big D. Um, it teaches a lot of fundamental woodworking. A router, a jigsaw. Yep. Okay. Um, just, you know, making sure the boards are the right thickness. And then mortising that hole in the middle. Mm-hmm. It's just It's yeah. just easy. And a lot of sanding involved. And then the, a final fit to make sure that that one piece goes through the center of that mortise. There's a lot to it, but at the end of the Keep day, talking dirty. you can knock it out. And also templating, which is really important because you know you're going to make more of them. And then you can take that template and just use half of it to make one for a child. It's a lot of fun. I think I got like five right now leaning up against the door of the garage. Because if we have extra company, we just sit on these uh, uh, Indian chairs. They're actually—it's gonna—you guys are gonna laugh at this. There are, there you'll see it. You Google it. It says African birthing chair. It's, it's just weird, but that's what they are. It's just—it's kind of like a, a chair that goes down and scants yeah. up. They're a great beginner project. And for giving birth, apparently. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I have one for Nicole Jason, when Max is going to yeah. be born. Yeah, you guys are going to need one. Yep. Yep. Sedge made it. <laughs> Jesus. He made it out of rich mahogany. Sir, you can't oh. bring that in the delivery room. No, this is what we have to use. This, this is what this is for. This is I a birthing it. chair. It's a birthing chair. It's a great it's a great project to teach fundamentals. What yeah. it, when when and it sounds funny, but what are what's the project that everybody builds? You know, I think they even build them at the Home Depot for the kids. They have everything pre-cut, but it's a great beginning project. It's a toolbox, a right? Birdhouse. With a, a birdhouse, but a uh, a toolbox to carry stuff. You could do dividers. You round it over and stuff like that. You you drill a hole and it's a dowel. But guess what? You learn a lot of stuff doing that. That's how I got started, and I went there when I was like thirty years old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for the birdhouse class. You look good in an orange apron, baby. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Hey, don't say thanks, that. Ho- it's gonna it's gonna make Leather by Dragonfly jealous. Ooh, thanks, Homer. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jason, what do you got? Um, you talked about it on a smaller scale, but I was actually gonna say a dining room table. Um, for many of the reasons why you said a coffee table or a uh, end table, but I'm gonna flip it. I actually find that. To me, the bigger the project, the easier it is. The smaller the project, the harder it is. Um, okay. Okay. Well, can you explain that? Because that's a that's a very um, like you would think the opposite. Yeah, you would think the opposite. But the smaller the pieces and the smaller the project, the more delicate I feel like you have to be, and the more difficult it is to work with the pieces of wood. And you would um, you would say that even as like someone that's just now getting into woodworking. Yes. So here's my my take on it, right? It's not an end table and a coffee table is not a good example because both of those have big enough and long enough pieces to still be manageable. But let's compare it to, say, a jewelry box. Yeah. Right? Your material is thinner. Your material is smaller. Your The pieces are more delicate. 
Therefore, it's I, f- it I feel like it's easier to screw things up, as opposed to when you have a much larger piece. I feel like it's a lot easier to manage and manipulate for most people. And a table is a really simple project. Uh, matter of fact, I can't really think of many large furniture pieces that are easier. Uh, excuse me. Um, I'm like bleeding out of my hand. Um, this is strange. So a dining room table, you have a flat panel top. You have four legs and an apron. It doesn't get much easier than that. Um, you don't, and you don't even have to do anything crazy. I think the reason why I'm so like tied to this is because the very first project yeah, that, that I did, did. Yeah. it was a. I, I built a. I built a like a storage bench, um, like a tool bench kind of uh, that was technically the first thing that I ever built but I needed somewhere to put my tools for the project um, but a dining room table is the first big project that I built I built a lot of smaller projects since then that were I find actually more difficult to manage um, and I find more of a pain in the butt than doing a large table so y- you make a flat top four legs apron and well, you have I mean, a piece of furniture that is very useful um, and that you can use for many years. And it's something that you're going to use every day. And it's not that hard of a project. But let's but let's unpack the skills that, that are needed and the tools that are needed to build that properly. Let's unpack it. So right off the bat, you, you need to be able to um, make your materials coplane and parallel. Mm. I mean, you, you, like, yeah, okay, you could, you could, especially, especially for the for the tabletop. Like, even, like, I, I honestly can't think of any any lumber that you're gonna buy unless you get it straight from. You're looking like, it at it the wrong way. Okay, you're looking at it the wrong way. Okay. You're looking at it from somebody that has the experience. What you need to be looking at it from is somebody that's wanting to build a project for the first time. I'm just starting out. They're not thinking about those things. So the way I'm no, looking but, at... But I'm thinking of the problems that they're going to experience when they get to the conclusion. And and there, there are a lot of issues that they are having and they don't know how to resolve it. Because I, I, are, I see that all the time. How are they going to learn groups. though? They're going to learn well, by going through the process, correct? Well, yeah, this is a very, like, I, I think that this experience, like, I'm so glad that you brought that up because I, mm-hmm. like, I said that because I wanted to generate that conversation. I knew that w- at least one of you guys was going to immediately divert to that. We're thinking about it too much. We're talking about a beginner, goes right? And gets, yeah, goes and gets, like, three or four two-by-twelves, two, two by yep. southern yellow pine, Throws them together with pocket screws underneath, right? Mm-hmm. Now they have a tabletop. It's got a slight warp to it. But then they go and get these 4 by 4s maybe put a taper, maybe buy tapered legs, throw an apron skirt on there with some more pocket screws, right? Mm-hmm. Okay? And then a couple of stretches underneath to lock it all together. Guess what? They got a table. Got a is table. it wobbly? Is it warped? Okay. Do they... 
do they know how to do they have a router to put a round over on it maybe but they got a table is that what you're getting at jace yes and so that project that very first project that i did i had a miter saw mm -hmm. i had a craig pocket hole jig i had some clamps and that was it. Mm -hmm. I didn't have it. I didn't have a not have a joiner. I did not have a planer. I did not have. Um, I did not have a table saw. I did not. I did, did not have anything. Did you have a sander? I had a sander. Yep, random orbital sander. Here's what that project taught me, though. By doing that, it was construction grade lumber. It was pocket hold together. Everything. You know why? Because I watched a YouTube video on how to make a DIY table. Mm -hmm. um, that project taught me a lot because mm -hmm. after and it had breadboard ends by the way which were pocket hold um oh my god yeah it taught me a lot it was a very inexpensive build um it was a rustic farmhouse table mm -hmm. um but i got to see what the boards did over time i got to see what happens when you screw everything up and then stain it and then realize that the joints are starting to pull apart. And then you see the, um, you see in between, you know, some of the joints in some areas, stuff falls down into the cracks. Uh, breadboards are not meant to be pocket hold on. I think you can hear people say those things all day long and then you'll just go, it's like in the military, Ben, I heard a guy say this one time. So that's truth. Well, how do you know? Did you ever experience it? No. Well, yeah. by experiencing it, you can actually attest to those things. Like, hey, I did that, and I know that this is wrong. I think that, and this is, now to, to flip this the complete opposite direction, let's say you have some of those tools. Let's say when you, when you started, you're like, I'm going to start woodworking. What are the tools I need? And they reach out to somebody like us. And I'm like, well, a joiner's nice to have, a planer's nice to have, a table saw's nice to have, all these things. They buy all those things, and they're like, okay, now what do I do? Build a fucking table. Yeah. Right? Build it because it is going to teach you a lot of things, even if it's not the very basic beginner and I don't have any of these tools. The set of things that the other person that actually did buy those tools, they're going to learn a ton from it because they are going mm -hmm. to surface material. They are going to attempt to make square cuts. They are going to have parallel edges. Maybe they use a biscuit joiner. Maybe they don't. Maybe their tops come out flat. Maybe they don't. Um, I just think a table has so many different opportunities, no matter how complex or easy it is, it's going to teach you a lot of things, whether it's through trial and error or it's through, um, you know, having all the tools or not having all the tools. That's kind of what I was trying to get at. So I'm Ben, Ben, I'm very glad that you brought that up because that like set it up perfectly for the conversation. I still disagree. Okay. Why? Because it wasn't. It wasn't the table that that gave you um, this this hindsight experience. It was failures. Failures are what gave it to you. It could have been it could have been anything else, right? But that that table and the failures that you had from it challenged your understanding of what of how to, how to build a, a table properly. And my argument is that you can still learn just as much by building it properly. Right. And, and again, like this is going back to like, this is someone that's brand new to woodworking. They wouldn't know any different. I, I would always recommend someone for their first project to build it out of plywood. 
because it's already dimensionally stable. I don't need as many tools to process it, right? Um, because just how you experience, Jason, like, yeah, like there, there's so much that can go wrong, especially when you buy construction pine. There's a lot that can go wrong if you buy rough lumber. You know, I like I, I said it earlier that um, you know, the first thing that I think of that they would need to know how to do is plane and parallelness. And I actually kind of want to backstep that a little bit. And it's you have to wait because I think that any lumber that you bring into your house, you have to wait for it to stabilize first. So that's probably the first thing that the skill that they would need to have is knowing you have to let the lumber settle first before you even start milling it. Um, but again, when it comes to plywood or sheet goods, you don't have to do that. It, it's already dimensionally stable and it's going to, again, it's going to require less tools to process it. Can you build, um, the exact same stuff to a degree? Yes, you can. Um, is it going to look as good? Mm, maybe not, but there, you, you can learn a lot by processing dimension lumber or, or um, sheet goods without wasting money, time, or effort. Let me ask you now, this. You can, you can still screw things up, but I, there, there's less of a chance of screwing up by, by working with a sheet good that's not going to move on you. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Are you going to uh, put the uh, plywood top with all that fancy end grain in your dining room? No, but it's a good kids' table. It's a good nightstand. You well, put some edge banding on it. You know. No, I, I get what you're saying. I, there's a lot of value in that, but like a beginner is not, they're not thinking about wood movement. But no. my question is, what was your last recommendation? A, a end table, or a, a nightstand, or a coffee either table? Either a nightstand correct? or a coffee. Either a nightstand or a coffee table. So let's let's simplify a coffee table. Let's say a top with four legs and an apron. What's the difference okay. between your coffee table and my dining room table? Uh, just the material that's being used. Nope. Nope. Coffee what? table, dining room table. What's the difference? There is no difference. The size. Size. There is none. Size. Yeah. Right. So it's the same the thing. Size matter. Right. <laughs> that's what the. That's what some people say. Hey yo. I'm just bringing that back to the fact that like. The conversation isn't processing materials necessarily. The conversation is a project and a coffee table, which was your recommendation, is exactly the same thing in most cases, just a smaller scale. So my original argument was I actually found bigger projects to be easier. Yeah, they're heavier. They're all that kind of stuff. But it's no different. It's just a larger scale of a smaller thing. You know what I'm saying? My thing is You said a smaller thing. I said a bigger thing. No, but but my thing is that if you're building something that is smaller in scale, you're not using as much materials. And so, you know, I, I could 100% make a coffee table out of a half a sheet of plywood. That still gives me another half to, you know, make something else or, or remake something else. But if I'm buying, at least now, I mean, I know that when you made your coffee table or your table back then that lumber was not as expensive as, as it is now. Yeah, but you're looking at it from a cost savings perspective yeah because when, when i first started woodworking i didn't have enough money to get a whole bunch of materials like i had enough money to buy a couple tools and like i would have to plan my projects out by month because that's when i could buy the materials you know um but i i, I think that it from a skill point building perspective that you're going to learn a whole lot more or you're going to have 
some really good fundamentals nailed down if you're doing things the right way um, as opposed to like just royally screwing things up, wasting materials, getting pissed off, being irritated. I agree with that. I agree with that. But again, to go back to it, there is absolutely no difference between doing the coffee table and a dining room table. I think that the conversation changed. You can't, you cannot make that argument between the the two because if you're doing it right with the coffee table and you want to do it right, I was just using my experience as as an example, but I, I think that's a whole different argument and valid. Um, yeah, cause I totally get what you're saying, but I still, I still believe that a dining room table for my perspective, a larger project I found to be easier than smaller projects, but it's, you can't really compare it to a coffee table cause a coffee table is still not a small project. Right. Yeah. Um, but on the argument's sake of like the, the two things are the same. I think we're just kind of, we're, we're picking at different. Yeah, perspective or different yeah. points. Ben's you know what I mean? Looking at a co- Ben's looking at a cost, cost perspective, savings. and he's right. He's one hundred percent correct. Cost savings. I'm just looking yeah. at it from a, you know, coffee Bigger table. Great project. To me, I my first project was a, a table, and there is a lot of value in making those mistakes and learning things. But if you're talking about no, it from 100%. cost, yeah, you don't want to waste all that money. Yeah, on materials, I mean, but like you're you, gonna waste you, money on materials in the beginning. No, absolutely, and that's all I'm saying is to try to reduce the the pain that you're going to have from from essentially wasting that material. I can count on zero fingers how many things I have that I built my first year in my house. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's probably with most people. Yeah. Unless Just you're sold it to other people. Ben has everything. Yeah, it's exactly. Just, I was like, "Oh yeah, I built this. It's amazing, isn't it?" Right? Yeah, you don't even know. Hurry up and buy it before the wood changes. A $1000. <laughs> I used Minwax, dark walnut stain. <laughs> Sedge. Oh, wait. Yes. I was the third one to go. Yeah. I'm surprised nobody said a hand tool bench. Oh, like a like a Rubo or a work table bench? Yeah, because isn't that like a rite of I, passage hand tool? It, it, well, no, I, it, I, I, think it, that, it. I think that goes back to what Sedge was saying, right, with the five-panel bench. No, the five board bench. Five no, board bench. that's 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 a real. It's like a sitting bench. Uh, there is a rite of passage, and it's building your own workbench. There's another rite of passage. It's building a boat. There's another another rite of passage. Is building a musical instrument. There's another rite of passage. Turning a bowl, turning a spindle. Mm, that's all the progression. Because I've seen so many people. Oh, I think I want to make a guitar now. Oh, but. One of the things you want to make is a table to work on in your shop. And that start, may start. And Ben, um, when you were start talking about a plywood table, uh, I built plywood tables, but they were work tables in my shops back in Fort Lauderdale. They were made out of plywood. They were super simple. You could build them in the night. And when you're setting up shop, you just build like four or five of these, you know, some cheetah tables and some quick, you know, tables for your uh, setting your uh, sprays on and everything like that. Um, the, uh, hey, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I have a buddy down in Fort Lauderdale who uh, used to say, oh, you're a, you're a carpenter, you know what you're doing? I go, yeah, I go, go build your sawhorses. And he would give them some material, and he would see how they built their sawhorses. A carpenter should build sawhorses. That's the first thing they should build because they need them. And, mm-hmm. you know, build a couple of them. 
there's a lot of skill because of the angles and a couple of saw horses. Yeah. And you'll see them. Yeah. You know, that's another thing that people build or test somebody with their skills on the job site. I would have never thought of that. That's a really good point, sawhorses. Mm-hmm. And you would think that that it's not a hard thing to build because of like because it, it's it's such an easy application or or it's a very simple application. But you're right. Mm-hmm. There there are a lot of compound angles that are involved there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's really good. Sawhorses. I've never built sawhorses. There's some really cool designs out there. I'm pretty sure that no one has ever built a walnut sawhorse before good point i should totally do that world's most epic walnut sawhorses you won't believe what happened (laughs) you won't believe what happened next yeah that's that's a good video right there good video idea i'll be right back guys Okay. okay jason what is there any project that you did I mean, obviously, you said that table that you built, right? Mm-hmm. Is there any other table that comes, like, in a second place as to, like, the one that, that you learned the most from or or taught you the most or kind of made you pivot in how you looked at woodworking? It wasn't a project. It was a tool. Which was? A joiner and planer. And I built why, lots. Like, what was it? I built, oh, I built a lot of things that did not, and a table saw is another good example. I built a lot of things that, uh, before I had any of those tools, I didn't even know what those tools were. You know, I built my first table. I built a, um, I was just buying lumber from Lowe's and Home Depot and it was like, oh, I need lumber that is already perfectly, you know, surfaced. And so I was buying the expensive poplar and pine and all the, all these things, right? Everything, I feel like everybody goes through this, but then when I got a jointer, mm-hmm. And a planer, I was like, wait, what is this magical world of woodworking? I swear to God, it was like completely life-changing for me. Same thing when I got a table saw and I could just take two by fours and rip the rounded edges off of them. It was like everything changed for me when I had that ability. Um, It wasn't a a project, it was the tool. It's when crappy lumber becomes nice stuff. Yeah. Right? And you go, oh, wow, I can get that straight edge. As You're soon right. as as soon as I got a joiner and planer, I was still buying uh-huh. construction grade lumber, but I was taking that construction grade lumber and turning it into dimensional construction grade yes. lumber. Changed everything. So it wasn't. I still had the same fundamentals. I'm sure, I incorporated new tools. I remember when I got a biscuit joiner. I had no idea what a biscuit joiner was, and I remember I saw one online on Facebook Marketplace. A guy was selling a biscuit joiner, a Dewalt. And I realized what it was for, and I went and bought it. I used it one time, and I was like, where has this been my entire life? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is exactly what everybody goes through. It's never a, It's never like there's certain things that I've learned on projects. Cabinetry is a really good example of that. Tables is tables, right? Like you're building a panel, you're building legs in an apron. That's it. It's easy. It's... With cabinetry, you build, okay, you build one with rabbits, you build one with dados, you build one with screws, you build one with brad nails, you build one with uh, domino connectors, you build one with whatever. You learn something new every single time. Um, 
I use these types of slides. I use these other types of slides. I do a face frame. I do a frameless. I, those are the things where, yeah, I actually learned each time I built one, like this was not the best way to do it. You go to assemble something and you're like, why is my assembly process messed up? Why is this a pain in the butt to assemble? Let's find a better way. So I think that I've definitely learned a lot uh, by building multiple different styles of cabinets. But when it comes to like regular regular old projects, like I don't glue up a tabletop any different now than I did two years ago. Yeah. Um, but I definitely glue up a tabletop differently now than I did five years ago. Yeah. Right. Tools make a big part, uh, make, make a big difference. Sedge. I, uh, I've taught quite a few cabinet classes at Festool, <laughs> uh, <laughs> over the years. You're, and I've had a lot Festool? of, yeah, I started a couple days ago. Is that a tool? Is that a tool company or it, it is? It's like it's a system. It's a system. No, it's just a system. Uh, I didn't see. I didn't see it at Home Depot. Over the years, probably I, I don't even want to count how many cabinet classes I taught, but I had a lot of newbies in there, and it, and it always would get to the end of the second day. Are we gonna have a cabinet? And I go, ah, grasshopper. It's a process, and that's what they learned because you got to do so much to build a box, but what people don't know are the steps to get there. you got to rip parallel. you got to cross-cut your pieces all equal. you got to groove. you got to edge band. you got to punch your system holes, and that's a process. Then you got to go do your joinery. So now I am in the middle of the second day, and I go, Oh my God, I never under, and then all of a sudden I go, you guys want the box? They go, yeah. I go, okay, let's screw it. <laughs> Domino it and screw it. And it, they go, oh my God, we had this box in five minutes, 10 minutes. I go, it's a process. It's, you just got to understand the steps. And That's the interesting it, thing about cabinetry. The more time you spend on the panels, bef everything before you actually assemble it. Yep. Yeah the easier it becomes. So it's a lot of work to get to that point, but it's a lot of repetition. So if, uh -huh. if I'm building 20 cabinets, okay, that means I got to cross cut and rip 20 enough for, you know, 40 sides enough for 40 tops and bottoms. And then I've got to put the groove in all of them and I've got to cut all my panels and I've got to put all my shelf pin holes and I've got to put my hinge hole locations. Once all of that's done, it's as simple as just throwing the damn thing together. Hello. And Hello. clipping everything in. That's it. Right? But that's intimidating people to understand the process of processing the panel. Oh. And it's easy once you but once you understand it, okay? You guys know the cis wall I bet I built? I think I have eighteen bays. Mm -hmm. What's eighteen times three? I can't do math tonight. Fifty. Whatever that is. Yeah. Okay, so I have 54 boxes I built last summer. I did it in steps, but it was, it was, it, it's not difficult. It's just time consuming about processing the panels. That's all it is. Yeah. It's the same thing you know? over and over and over and over and over yeah, and over again. And I'm going to tell you what, I love it. That's my zen. I, I like doing it by myself. I just get in there and I go six hours straight, eight hours straight. And I love it. At the end of the day, I'm just like, I'm in heaven. I'm in heaven. Punching holes, system holes, LR32. Freaking love it. Trimming edge banding. Oh, nothing better. Oh. 
I actually uh, I just applying the edge so banding. That's better than trimming it. Ooh. As long as you as long as you're using the contouro. Yeah, absolutely. Tool. And that's a great machine. That's a it's great machine. Ben, you have got a contouro, don't you? Oh yeah. Yeah, I have to borrow Jason's. Yeah, I I just use it um I'll last charge week. Him twenty bucks an hour. I was getting okay. all my stools made. Man, it's just an amazing machine. All your shoddy stools. No. I mean, that's what you said. You said you were shoddy. My superior stools. Yeah. Mm. I think I need to get the stool game on Etsy. Man. I'm going to make mine all this talk about very, with everybody. All this traded market. All this talk about stool. I got to go. Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> he's got he's to go take his Metamucil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that ain't right, man. Hey, is that, is that a, a cold snap? Are you asking me? Yeah. He drinking a cold snap? Said you know me better than that. He's drinking an ultra, a Michaelob. Oh, okay, Michael Michaelob. Michael. Sedge, I, I asked Jason earlier. You you'd gone off to take your Metamucil. What was impregnate his sock? <laughs> what oh was my th- god! <laughs> I actually checked to see what the noise was outside because I thought someone was getting in one of the cars. You thought someone was getting in your socks again? Oh, yeah. you behave. Um, what was what was a um, either a job or a project that that kind of sh- and I, I know you've been word working since you were a kid, but what was um, a project or or a build that that where it just really clicked for you um, and you kind of pivoted into becoming a better woodworker? Oh, okay, better woodworker. Okay, um, which we're all still waiting for that day to happen. But if it were to happen, what would it be? I was playing, but seriously. Really, that I remember. Way. I can remember when I really found out that I liked woodworking. You want to know what that was? You found you Ben's woodworking you, on YouTube. You built a, you built a skateboard ramp. No, I. <laughs> you make me laugh. <laughs> I can't believe you remembered that. I built a cribbage board with my grandfather when I was seven years old. A what? A cribbage board. What is that? Cribbage. You know cribbage. The no, cat game know. cribbage. Oh. I, I don't know. And you make a, it's it's a board, and you just drill a bunch of holes. My grandfather even made the little brass pins that you you know you you, you whatever you just do your. Uh, I, I always forget how to play cribbage, but I used to play a lot in college, and uh, it's a CAD game, and you but move you're your real pegs, ladies, man. and you move your pegs on this board. And cribbage is an incredibly fun game once you get a bunch of people together. And I made one with my grandfather, and we chamfered the edges and everything. He was a master carpenter up in <clears throat> northern Maine and also a Maine guide. And, uh, oh, my God, he even made his own brass pins, and um, he would file um, the markings in them. And just he was a master craftsman. And I used to watch him do that, and I was like, man, I, I want to do that someday. And he also made snowshoes, his own design of snowshoes. So for me, that's when I got I got the, I guess I would say the bug. I was supposed to go learn yeah, to make snowshoes yeah. with him when I was 12, but he passed away that summer. And uh, I, I was, like, really bummed out. But And then I started making skateboard ramps and skateboards. <laughs> but... Up in Lawson. Oh, fast forward, what really got me pumped to really, what was my turning point? Oh, my God. Because, I mean, we're, you know, we're, we're not all, we're not born, 
great craftsmen. You know, there mm. we all have this one. <laughs> Jason, shut up. Mm. We all have that that one experience where um, we we make this catastrophic mistake, and it just kind of makes us or it forces us to really relook at how we're we're making things or building things, and it just kind of becomes like a catalyst for us to to be really good craftsmen. I don't think I'm a good craftsman. Oh, Dude, no, I'm no one's arguing. I'm, 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 I'm constantly <laughs> learning. I've built a lot in my life, but and I built professionally for a while. But I'm trying to think of it. Maybe it's one a kitchen that I was doing, or uh, I, I'm thinking about something that really pushed the envelope. And I remember I was building this table with a bunch of compound angles in the back and also on the pedestals and ripping it and uh, i'll tell you what i built for two and a half days a bunch of jigs to get the right compound angles uh on my um 66 my uh, powermatic 66 and i was building a jig for one side of this it was all sheet goods and it had to come together and uh, what's really weird you want to hear a really cool thing about it is they didn't come together perfect so I went out and bought because I had seen a, a track saw at Eddie's was an ATF fifty five, and yeah. that was that was that changed my life because I went and bought it uh, to cut and I cut everything get I cut everything over all those compound angles. I wasted a lot of material, but I cut them all over in about two hours, and I was freaking blown away. The guys mm-hmm. who sold it to me. They had they had showed it did a demo. I was in buying Lacathan. I don't know if I ever told you this story. I probably have, and I'm probably being repetitive. I was buying five. I I always buy from Eddie um, at Marine Industry Tool and Supply. I would buy my Lacathan because he had a great deal on five gallon uh, cans, and uh, I was buying a couple of them. And I said, "What the hell's this Fest Tool stuff? I heard about it and fine woodwork." And they were doing the thing on the Rotex, and he sh- he just ran the an ATF 55 on a track and I, he tilted the saw and it cut on the same line and I went holy shit that's pretty cool and then it's, that's all he had to do he kind of planted a seed he goes how much I go how much is that saw does it come with the track and he goes yeah 430 bucks I go those Germans crazy man and I walked out of there I grabbed my a couple of cans I grabbed 10 gallons we're of lac and crazy. walked out we're all crazy Sage. you're all crazy man and you know what God damn it! He did that damn demo, and it stuck in my head. That's the guy I work for on the weekends, and that's how I got involved with Festool because I met a couple of the sales reps there. But uh, it, you know what? I think that and might now have look at you sell out. I think that might have turned a couple things in my life. I got to know the Festool brand because of that, but also it, it pushed me. I think prod, uh, builds that pushed me are the ones I think I remember the most. Um, I've had a couple of installs that really pushed my butt, and they were wicked frustrating, but I, it wasn't the boxes I built, but it was the install that really ticked me off. It was supposed to take a couple hours, and it took me God, all night. I didn't get out of that office until 5 in the morning. God damn, that really. But I learned a lot on it. Yeah, it's so awesome. I, I, I guess that's it. I guess it's this, the stuff that frustrates you that you you you, you push through. 
and that's the stuff that I think uh, makes you a better woodworker. I, I uh, think don't it's, get frustrated. Walk away from it. I tell people all the time. Walk away from it, and then then come back out to the shop the next day. Just chill out, man. Enjoy the journey, and uh, that's what I had to learn. Um, I, I was really blessed, fortunate to have a business partner who thought the same way, Mikey. And there were times I go, dude, it's it's, it's one in the morning. We keep going. We're going to screw this up even more than we screwed it up already. Let's walk. Yeah. Especially when we were finishing it and spray and finish. I go, dude, we need to move out. We need to go back home. I'll see you in the morning. It was 1 a.m. We'd get back in there at 6 a.m., you know, and go back in and go, you figure it out? He goes, no, did you figure it out? I go, no, let's go get some breakfast. Go get some breakfast. Come back about you know, seven or eight, and we figured it out. But once things start going south, it's good to walk away from it. It really is. And that's how I continued doing what I was doing because I really enjoyed the journey. And guess what? Jason, you said something so damn profound. You said, I don't think I'm that great a woodworker because you're always always – learning right yeah i mean i'm not humble yourself you humble yourself to continue to get better in your craft i do it i I mean all people say it in the comments that i'm not a good woodworker so i'm just i mean i'm not i I look at other people like 90 percent of the you know people that we recommend to follow on this podcast i mean they're not they're way better woodworkers than i am a lot can be misconstrued by Instagram and pictures and YouTube videos and stuff. It all looks the way we want it to look. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not going to say 100%. that I'm some expert. I'm not. You know, I, I think that. <clears throat> I mean, I'm amazing, but I'm not. You know, I'm not. I don't. I don't have to impress anybody. The only person I have to impress is yeah. my wife Jason when ben. I build stuff for the house. You know. You need to impress me, Sedge. I, I, I think know that I impress you. That. As long as you are you're continuously trying to challenge your knowledge and your skill set, that um, mm-hmm. that you're you're going to continue to to kind of um, that that is the path the glide path for like really becoming great at whatever it is that you're doing, you know, um, and and you know and not to to kind of come in on on the stupid ways that Jason always closes his videos, always get out in the shop and try something new. How um, dare you? But that's actually true, though. Like, you're if welcome. You're not. I've never gotten to the end of his videos. He says that. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, son. And guess what, Sedge? No one else does either. I just have to sit there and watch his videos. God, I'll have to. Now I have to watch one. Silver play button, gentlemen. But um, <laughs> you know, I I think that no matter what project you're starting with or what project you're doing next. Uh, if you're not challenging yourself, uh, then you're 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 not growing as much as you probably could or should. And I, I think that that's probably where I get the most enjoyment out of what we do is is that I'm constantly learning things, whether that's from woodworking or doing the podcast or a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Like I love the act of trying to chase down that that thing that I don't know how to do yet. Mm-hmm. And um, and again, if you're not challenging yourself, then you're not doing it right. I don't think so. Gentlemen, yeah. those are all great project recommendations for any I, woodworker. I think so. I think it was pretty cool. 
and I thought I thought what I think was cool. What I thought was cool is we all agreed on building a cabinet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's like the building block. Yep. And you yep. know, when all else fails, just buy a Domino. You know, yep. yeah. Domino fixes everything. And why wouldn't you? Just this buy podcast is brought to you by Festool Products North America. <laughs> yeah, I wish. Speaking yeah. of Festool, I released my. Ooh. I released my top, uh, rock. top rock video today. It's bombing like crazy. Hey, well, I, uh, I'm not surprised. I, I liked it's a it. sustainer speaker. Yeah, it's not it's like not it's a, a highly searched thing. Searched, yeah, or recommended thing. Thing is amazing though. I love it. <laughs> but yeah. by the way, that track saw videos cranking in it. Yeah, it did, it did pretty good. Yeah, Keith. Yeah. Keith says he, he really likes his too. Oh, it's it's so good. Yeah. It's actually, you know, what's funny. I've had a couple people comment on this. Say they're like. It's two hundred and twenty-five bucks uh, for the Top Rock sustainer. The sound is amazing. I swear to God, I listened. To, I've been listening to it every single day since I got it. Um, and I'll just jam out. I brought it in the house when I was working on Leo's bathroom, and I had it playing. You know, it was it was great. Um, and it's somebody like two people, two or three people have already commented on the video, and they're like, "Dang, I'm actually really impressed. That's that's like a hundred dollars less than the Milwaukee." pack out and, uh, speaker sustainer or whatever the and, heck they have and can we also mention that it legitimately looks like a boom box I mean like, it is it like it is yeah you hold that sustainer on your shoulder like it's a boom box that's what I was going. what's cool I should have done that for the thumbnail Jason I was really impressed when you said it's just in the lid mm-hmm Right, and that's what people don't understand. They think it's the whole sustainer. Yeah, nope. that's pretty cool. And it's base reflex, uh, kind of like uh, another brand's uh, wave, whatever. And it's just it's it, the sound coming out of it's incredible. It's really good. The more I listen to it, I like it. And man, I just had to throw away all my prototypes that I had. So now yeah. I have the the newer ones. Yeah. You know what I was going to so say? Why would you hold on to it? So, so you know what you know what the problem with this is? You threw, is it, on, you threw it on. You threw it on top of the CS70 when you lit it on fire. No, no, no. You know how you sh- you showed soft clothes on there? The originals didn't have soft clothes, and I do have like a couple prototypes in the training center, and it's a real pisser when you forget that's the prototype, and you like wham on your fingers. That soft yeah. clothes is cool, huh? It's very cool. It's almost, a neat feature, and you can store stuff like in there. Every sustainer should have it. <laughs> and what's really nice, what's really nice, is the charger comes in that little designer bag, and that bag alone is three hundred dollars. So it's kind of nice. Yeah, it's just a little nylon bag. It's but a it's, little Gucci, little it's, Gucci bag. It's made of gold threads. So <laughs> treads, mean, as we say in Maine, treads. Yeah, treads. Yeah. There's no H's in Maine. <laughs> no, it's no, really cool. The treads, snow treads. <laughs> Are you snow treads? Like threads. It. I have snow threads. Oh my god. Well, guys, what time is it? <laughs> oh. What time is it, Jason? <sighs> I think it's get bent. I don't know, Hans. Hi guys. It's it's time to see how much hatred the internet has brought us this week. <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> thankfully there are no hatreds for me. Sedge, he's already done his quarterly hatred last month, so we know he's good for the next two months. So that I'm means good. that Jason, Jason, it's all your hatred for this episode. Hey, Hans, quick question for you. Have you by chance made a uh, content, turning content into contempt or the hatreds? 
hoodies yet? No, those are all coming out soon. And I'm not going to do that first. First, Hans is going to flex his own brand, the Panzerbrats. Panzerbrats. Uh, that, that will be the first uh, hoodies that come out. Is, uh, you know, Hans's Panzerbrats. It's me. I'm straddling a panzer, you know, and, and, and um, it's very and you have uh, your bra- And you have your brat it's very out. Erotic. I have my links. my links. My links. <laughs> <laughs> But no, there oh, are also man. there'll be other ones, you know, because Hans is a, Hans is is responsible for the Green Switchers podcast merchandise, so there will be uh, a Sedgy like Vingies uh, hoodie and T-shirt. There will also be, uh, as I said earlier, it's a Panzer brought one. Um, get bent and and oh, no, then I'm there will do get bent. There will also be the Jason Bent socks. Um, one will be on there. I think that would be a top seller. <laughs> Can I? I have something printed that I, I thought you guys were messing with me. I got an email. Can I put this in the get bent? It's 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 just funny. Of course. Sure. Okay, all, so all hatred is allowed in this uh, segment. Such. It's not really hatred. It was somebody was reaching out to me, Jason and Ben, you probably get approached by companies from Asia about promoting their tool brand. Only every day. Okay. Yeah. No, 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 no. But this was this one I actually read. Because the person was Wang Showman at at Banggood. At no, no, the name of the company is at Banggood. Oh, Banggood, they're uh, they're hot. But his heavy name is Wang Showman. Yeah, that like I said, that was my stage name in Vegas before I joined the army. Oh my god! <laughs> and he said, "This is sweaty from Banggood." We can't see it. Where is it? It's like, is this sweaty balls from Banggood? I was like. I printed that out. And I went, oh my god, somebody's messing with me. So I thought I just funny. put that in there. It's not oh, really no. hatreds. Banggood is a, a legit company. Is it really? Oh yeah, they reach out to everybody. Oh my god, but his except name's for, Wang Except Shoman. for Hans. Hans has never heard of these peoples. Yeah, Hans. It's because of your Panzer brats. That's right. That's because no you're German. They know they, that you're above above their quality. They can't handle. They can't handle these Panzer brats. All right, Jason, what do you what do you got for us this week? I have got two comments. Um, I haven't had a ton of negative ones lately, but I'm going to go and read, read these. So this is from my Festool's newest track saw, the TS55F. This person states, so I have the Makita corded track saw. My partner has the Festool corded track saw. Same compatible track. My Makita cuts with a thin curved blade and is every bit as good as Festool for a couple hundred dollars less. There's simply no way to reconcile Festool's prices. Bosch and Makita offer much better bang for the buck and deliver quality tools. I, I didn't catch that he said that he's he's used the festival saw before. I didn't catch that in his comment. Uh, I th- yeah, I think I must have left that part out. That's like that's yeah. Thank you for your opinion. You know what? You know what, guys? I'm just gonna come out and say it that the Lamborghini, <laughs> the Prius, the Prius gives you almost the same competitive performance that a Lamborghini does. <laughs> 
I don't need I don't need to drive a Lamborghini to know that it's better than my Prius. Yeah. Come on, guys. Why so, if I if I have to compare something, why would I ever need to try the other product? You, you know, know what? Let me read this next comment and I want to come back to what you just said jokingly as Hans with a conversation that I had with Sedge this weekend. In your car on the way from Woodcraft back to your house. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, hold on. All right. This one is on what the difference between Festool dust extractors. This person says, why would you want Bluetooth for a vacuum? Does it play Jesus. music? The boom arm is $450. On what planet does Festool come from? <laughs> Clearly, he's never used it. Hans, Hans, answer that, please. The Clearly. planet of awesome. How about that? Clearly, Mr. Mr. Dinglinger. You've you've never used Bluetooth technology before, no, on a vacuum system, so, I, like you can't even, like I can't even comment on that. Yeah. Okay. So can I comment on it? You can. He when actually I left first, another comment before that, but this one was better. When I first saw Bluetooth on the dust extractor, I, I kind of understood it. But man, once you put it on there and you're cleaning up and doing stuff away from the dust extractor, I'm going to tell you what, I have an old CT, I have CT22s in here. And I'm going to tell you, I wish I had Bluetooth mm-hmm. at oh, yeah. home. It's, you it's get like- so used to it. It is absolutely freaking amazing. Uh, all the uses for it. Like when I'm at the shop and I'm hooking up something, uh, doing domino connectors, and I'm drilling say, out. domino connectors. It's unbelievable. Cleaning and, and, up. And it's, okay, Anything. so it's a, couple, it's a couple paces away. Big deal. It makes you more efficient on and off right there. Okay, so I spoke my piece. Next. Yeah, a, a couple paces, but do that 40 times a day. Yes. Do it. Correct. Bend down 40 times a day to turn your back on. Oh. oh then shoot. tell me. I would just like to make it clear, guys, when you have a really long hose like I do. Bending over makes no sense. That's a lot of extra steps to turn <laughs> on that back. This is like a this is like a really like we just need like some like really slow music. This would be a good ad. Boom, check a bow, pow, pow, check a bow. Guys, if you, if you find have a long hose like I do. down to turn on that back. <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah. That's where this really little, comes into play. I don't I like to, to bend over to with my long hose. So, no, what I wanted to go back to, what uh, Ben made a comment. Okay. So you have all these people who, there's just people out there that it doesn't matter, right? Like, oh, they, there's other companies that make tools. They're just as good. Blah, 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 whatever. I was having a conversation with Sedge on the way back from Woodcraft. We went and visited Jess Crow. She was down there teaching a class. Um, and we were driving from there back to Sedge's house. And I was explaining to Sedge that my sergeant major was upset because Rayobi just came out with a track saw. Yeah, Rayobi came out with a track saw, cordless track saw. And there was a joke about it that, you know, Milwaukee is supposed to release a a track saw at some point everybody's wait all the you know people that are diehard milwaukee fans have been waiting for it waiting for it waiting for it and then they released a lawnmower a battery powered lawnmower <laughs> and they're like 
really? You're going to release a battery-powered lawnmower but not a track saw? And I'm like, okay, understandable, right? Because Milwaukee has a very large line of tools, and you'd think that yeah. a track saw would be so, the obvious yeah. next choice. Yeah. So Sedge and I were talking about uh, you know, the differences in tools, and it's funny because I may have been talking to my Sergeant Major about this, but the person who's going to buy... There's always going to be people that are hanging out like, oh, there's this tool and there's that tool and it's going to do just as good. You're right. They are right. The person that is 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 concerned, let's just say the Rayobi costs $350. The Festival costs $600. That's a big price difference, right? But there's a lot of differences that people don't take into consideration. They just look at the price. They don't look at the whole big picture. So the person who's like, oh, I don't want to spend that additional $250, those people that are looking to buy their first track saw are going to be fine Mm -hmm. with the less expensive track saw. So their opinions on that are correct, right? And for the most part, this tool is going to get me by. It's going to do everything I need to do. You're right. It is because you're not ever going to use the tool to its full capacity, right? You're not going to understand the differences between this brand and that brand because you're not there yet. So, it was just an interesting conversation that we were having. And it's not until I think feel like later on when you start, maybe you use some of those less expensive tools and then you get to use one of those other tools that you realize the difference or you realize or you can understand and appreciate the difference in something that's arguably very important but most people don't care about or ever talk about. And that's a warranty or... Hmm. Um, just overall quality of the tool, quality of the parts that are being used in it. Um, system system integration. System integration, all of or, these things. They don't know that yet. So how the company stands behind the tool even after the sale, no right. matter what. Yeah. And and I and I don't and, no matter what. Right. Ten years I don't, of support after it's been discontinued. But I don't mm-hmm. I don't want correct. Again, I don't want this to necessarily like turn into specifically festival, but the argument of I kind of see where they're coming from because they just, they don't have that requisite knowledge because they haven't used them, mm-hmm. right? Ben, it ben, is what you going just, to be fine with them. Ben, what you just said, most people don't even have a clue what you just said about yeah. 10 years parts availability. Yeah. Like, like it sucks that the Vaxis got discontinued, but guess what? I know that if a part of mine breaks in the next 10 years, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. fine. And that's for every, every festival. But what about 11 years, Ben? What about 11? I would hope that Fessel brings back the Vaxxas by then. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, you know, that's, you know, like, Jason, you you talked about warranty and stuff like that. As far as I know, there aren't any other tool companies that do a three-year. There there may be one or two, but I I can't even think of them. Oh, there's some two, two, three, five year. Yeah, there's there's other companies that do it, but read the fine yeah. print. Yeah, not to be used in professional hands. It's only for people at home use only. It, or it's and and, and, and we calculate the longevity or the the depreciation of it. So you really don't. I mean, there's ones that have a lifetime warranty theft? out there. What about theft? That doesn't happen with Festool in North America, but it happens. Everywhere in else Europe. in the world. Yeah. In Europe. Yeah. Absolutely. In Europe, yes. There are guys yep. that, that, you know, they have lorries or they have sprinters and that's what they work out of. Just um, 
like people do here, but theft is a huge problem, especially in the UK. Yeah. Huge problem. They get theirs replaced. They get mm. stolen. But like it's crazy, huh? It's 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 yeah, and just like you're saying, Sedge, it's like it's the experience after you buy. Mm-hmm. Right? The the long term care after so you buy. I'm not gonna please don't mention the brand because you might know it. But there's one out there that says lifetime warranty. Oh my god. Read the fine print oh, on yeah. that one. I know exactly what you're I talking have. About. I have, and it is not. But it's what people believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. it's like life insurance or car mm-hmm. insurance or home insurance. It's like, yeah, you have it until you need it. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, well, what were you doing? Yeah. They're always going to find a way to get out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. For sure. I just thought that was a, thought that was an interesting conversation because, you know, like I, everybody's at different mm-hmm. levels with tool purchases yeah. and stuff and. It's a, it's a valid statement, but it's also one thing to get on the internet and 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 like chastise somebody oh. over oh. A, a video. You know, it, like especially like how can you legitimately, um, like like bash another tool brand? It, like when it when it comes to like quality of use and stuff without ever having used it. Like I can sit here and talk about warranties and stuff like that because that has nothing to do with using the tool. You know, like I would love to try out the Ryobi track saw. Not because I want to keep it or or to like use it day to day, but if someone asks me my thoughts on it, I can tell them, hey, yeah, compared to this, this is what you're going to get. I guarantee you 99.9% of all people who take the time to specifically spew hatred on something that they don't like, they've never touched or used. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. So... Guaranteed. I had some hatred. I had some hatreds or some funny comments on at work this week, and one guy said, "Oh, that's a really bad a design flaw. I I don't think you should ever have that." And I said, "Oh, thanks for sharing." Right, and then he said, "Well, it's really a bad." He went on and on, and then he said, "I ended up buying this, this, and this." So my comment should have been after that, but I left it on like, hmm, so I guess you never bought it. So, hmm, you're an expert on something, hmm, you've you never owned. Yeah. It's yeah. just people want to spew hatreds. I don't know why. And I just want to make one comment and end it with this. I wish I could talk about the thousands and thousands and thousands of times I've been in conversations at work with colleagues and how we have taken the higher road on things, but you'll never hear those. And I will tell you, no. I am so freaking proud to work for Festool because of the integrity of every single person in that building. From the repair techs to logistics, when I say logistics, warehouse personnel, to our accounting, to trainers, to executives. And I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes I, I'm just appalled at how people reach out to us. But we always take the high road and we do the right thing. And that's why I continue to work for that company or Festool because 
it is an amazing company to work for because of the people. This was brought to you by Festool North America. <laughs> but it, I'm going to tell you what. I just, uh, it's just, it's great to work for a company where the people are, we always do the right thing, or we at least we try to in our eyes. Yeah. That's yeah. all you can and, do. And, and it, 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 it kind of happens where we have a great brand loyalty, you know? So, and I know I don't, I shouldn't be talking a lot about Festool, but I do because it's in me, you know? Ooh, that's a good shot there, Jace. For for our audio listeners, Jason continues to point the camera down in his crotch. Show us his oak. <laughs> well, you know, so Hans, if, if I I think there's a very good reason why there's you know um, out of the three, it's the predominant brand in all of our shops or festival. Mm. You know, if if I ever felt like. Um, the brand didn't stand up to to the to its claims or to its price point or to its quality, then I wouldn't have it. But you know, I have not. <laughs> but you know what? We we always say this at Festival: we get the best customers in the industry. Yeah, you guys stand right with us. You know, and that's why we want to make sure we provide exceptional customer experiences with you guys. And we yeah. go overboard, and I'm glad we do. You know, like when it comes to, to like, track saws and, I mean, all, all the tools that I have for the most part. Um, you know, Jason mentioned earlier that when people are looking at the Ryobis and the, and the Milwaukee's and, and stuff like that, that for them at that time that it's it's good enough at in that moment. You know, Jason talked about, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if it's like a table saw or something like that a couple episodes back where he's like, yeah, this is it. This is all I'm ever going to need, you know until you start getting more experience and using it. Um, and I can say that with, with Festool that I've not had the inkling to look at another sander. Like I've not mm-hmm. had the urge to get a different track saw. I've not had the urge to get a different drill or like any of these things, you know, like people ask me tool questions often. And I'm like, well, I don't know because I'm not researching tools. Like I don't, it is very mm-hmm. rare that I ever feel like I need to get something else unless what I have just doesn't have that capability. So there's 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 also another situation with that um, because once you start buying a high quality tool, and you ha- and that tool company doesn't offer that, guess what? You go and start looking at other tools, and boy, you're buying the really expensive stuff. Yeah, Jason, you're a good good point with you. You just got a little mellow, didn't you? I did. I still haven't even taken it out of the box yet. Oh. You- <laughs> But you got it for three quali- months, that's haven't a, you? That's a high quality tool. I've, I've had it since January. Oh my god, that's funny. I swear to God, I have not, I have not even plugged <laughs> it in yet. There's so many people's heads that are exploding right now. I know. Well, you're about to move anyway, so you have a, you have. Yeah, a it's going to be another three excuse. or four months before I touch it. You got an excuse. Um, I hate to say this, but. I don't know what happened. I hit, like hit a button or something, and my audio stopped for a second. So there's probably one part that I was talking about that didn't pop up, but it's it's going again. That's so, fine. what's your audio time at right now? One forty-three. Mine's at one forty-one. That's fine. I'll, I'll I'll fix it. Yeah, well, we're fine. It's at the end. It's okay, okay, everybody. 
Yeah. But yeah, gentlemen, I think that's going to be it for this episode. We're we're pretty deep wow. into it. Yeah. I, uh, wow. Th- boy, that that went by fast. Yeah. Another long one too. Just how our hey patrons oh. like it. Just like our patrons like it. That's what like she it. said. Hey oh. Yeah. Long ones. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode, everyone. Jason, where can everyone find you? Benswoodorgan.com. Sedge. SedgeTool.com and SedgeTool everywhere. And also at Festool Sedge, Festool Live, Festool Shop Talk. Woo! And GreenSuitersPodcast.com. That's right. You can find all of us at GreenSuitersPodcast.com. You can find me, Ben Marshall Designs, on Instagram and YouTube and MarshallDesignWorks.com. Before you step away from your podcast distributor of choice, Go check out episode 22 of the Green Suiters podcast called Going Cordless. People really like it. So if this is your first time listening to us, it's probably a good podcast to go check out next. Thank you for your time. Hope you have a good time in the shop this week. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye. See, See you later, alligator.